Hey everyone and welcome back to the Purposeful Mindset Podcast. I'm honestly so grateful that you're subscribed to my podcast and I'm excited to share yet another episode with you. As you know, this podcast is all about bringing servant leaders to share their stories and life experiences with you all in the hopes to help more people to find their true purpose and meaning to life. Today, I have an amazing guest. I'm so excited to share his wisdom with you all. His name is Lucas Foster and he's aged 21 and is a snowboarder who competes internationally for the United States. His last result is the eighth place for the men's halfpipe in Calgary during the season 2019 to 2020. He's best known to compete in halfpipe and ever since he was a young child, his father inspired and mentored him to become the amazing talented athlete he is today with an incredible positive attitude to life and truly humble heart. He has many coaches and mentors around him, including his father, who support and encourage him to be the best he can be daily. In this episode, Lucas shares his story of how many of his childhood friends disliked him because he left school at an early age to go after his dream of today becoming a talented professional US snowboard athlete. He also shares how having a strong mindset is key if you want to live a grateful and fulfilled life. So without further ado, let's get straight into this episode. Lucas, I am super grateful to have you on the Purposeful Mindset podcast. I'm so grateful for Jesse for introducing us together because that dude, as we both know, is super inspiring. Some of the stuff that he's been through and he's doing right now is just crazy. And I'm so humbled and honored to have been connected with him through Instagram out of all the platforms. And I'm just so grateful to have you on, man. Like he was speaking so highly of you and he's like, you need to go and get, um, you know, you need to get Lucas on your podcast or just, you need to just have a chat with him. Like, you know, your mindset is, is amazing and he's speaking really highly of you. And I was like, let's do it, man. Like I want to, I want to have a chat with him. I'm super grateful to have you on the show, man. And I genuinely want you to just basically go straight into it and introduce yourself to everyone. And I want you to share your story with everyone. Like from where did this all start from this, this snowboarding and, and everything you're doing right now, by the way, is super cool. Um, I was watching your videos and I was like, damn, like how the hell does he flip like twice in the air and know he's going to land on his feet? Because I probably <laughs> yeah, So man. I'm super grateful, man. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. I'm super happy to be here. I'm glad Jesse connected us and uh, super stoked on what you're doing with the podcast. It's a great thing. And uh, yeah, so um, my name is Lucas Foster. I'm 20 years old and I'm from Telluride, Colorado. And um, yeah, I snowboard. I'm on the US snowboard team for half pipe and uh, pretty much just travel the world and snowboard. And uh, we do a lot of contests and uh, yeah, it's a pretty special life. So super grateful to, you know, go through the experiences that I've been through and, you know, I've learned a lot through seeing the world and meeting other people. And, uh, yeah, it's a good life for sure. Yeah. It must be like really, especially at your age at, at 20, right? Like you must be really eye opening for you to like the, the amount of people that you get to meet traveling different countries, traveling to, I don't know, just around the world and just seeing nature, seeing the, the, yeah. the, the people being part of the community and how people are thinking like you must meet a lot of different types of people, right? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, you meet a lot of people, you really get a feel for how people communicate and like, uh, 
you know, I'm 20. Most of my friends are in college right now. And, uh, that personally just wasn't my path. That wasn't my calling. And, uh, I don't know. I feel like the life I'm living right now has really forced me to mature kind of quick. And, you know, you definitely have to kind of, uh, be really self-aware if you're going to be traveling the world and doing all this stuff. And, uh, for me, I, I really think that, uh, what I've gotten the most out of snowboarding and, uh, living this life is it really just builds character and it really, uh, kind of, you know, you get to have fun snowboarding every single day, but you also get to really find yourself and, uh, create yourself. You know, I, I, I don't want to say find yourself because life is all about creating who you are. And, uh, that's kind of what I feel I've gotten out of snowboarding the most. So what got you into snowboarding in the first place? Like, how did you start? Um, I started snowboarding because of my parents. So Telluride is this super small town in Colorado and it's a ski town. Um, and pretty much my dad moved there in 1995 and my mom moved there, I think in 98, I could be uh, hit or miss a year. Uh, but, uh, pretty much they had me in 1999 and then my dad was, you know, he loved snowboarding to death like that's that's his thing that's his passion too and uh growing up as a toddler I started skiing and my mom and dad were both snowboarding and I was that kid that pretty much just wanted to do whatever my dad was doing so he was a snowboarder he was a dirt biker so I was dirt biking and then I was like all right I want to start snowboarding when I was like uh maybe six or seven and I like tried it once when I was pretty young was terrible at it didn't try it again until I was like eight. And then, uh, it got a little easier when I was eight. So I pretty much just got inspired from my dad. You know, they didn't like pressure me into it at all. They actually wanted me to keep skiing because I was pretty good at skiing and they didn't think that I'd be able to catch up with them on mm. a snowboard. So <laughs> yeah, pretty much just, you know, my dad was, and still is, you know, he's my, he's like a hero to me. So I just pretty much wanted to do what he was doing. I guess that really, really helps a lot, right? Like when you, when your own, when your own father is like doing something that you're doing, that's part of both of your passions. It really yeah. helps, right? Because imagine your dad was like one of those fathers that was just telling you, you know, go study hard and get good grades and get a good job. And imagine he was telling yeah. you that, and he was like, just do, just do this snowboarding stuff as, as like a hobby. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he definitely, he definitely wanted me to make sure I'm like uh, giving my attention to other areas of life for sure, but you know, he, he really just wanted me to enjoy myself as mm -hmm. a kid. And, um, if you don't ski or snowboard and tell your ride, it's a really boring town. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was really cool when I did start snowboarding just cause my dad is really who taught me how to snowboard growing up. I didn't like get into it and then get thrown into like a, a snowboard team or a snowboard program immediately. It was like, <clears throat> I pretty much just learn how to snowboard by following my dad and my mom around the mountain. You know, they're by no means are they like uh, pro snowboarders or anything, but they know how to snowboard. They know how to, they know how to get down the mountain and do it well. And uh, my dad, he knows how to go fast and stuff, but uh, yeah. And I pretty much just learned from following him around. And I think it was really cool for him and I just for bonding with each other. Cause we mm. shared a passion and uh, it was, you know, the way for us to go spend time together, you know, and uh, yeah. I think that was, I know he loved that and I loved it too. It was great for me when I was, you know, age eight through 11. I was like, that was our thing. 
That's awesome. So what at what age was it that you like he you or him like made you get like really serious about it? Um it was mainly me when I was like I mean I've always been very obsessive over anything I love. Mm. Um but pretty much like ever since I started snowboarding, I've always I always wanted to be really good at it and I think what that wasn't necessarily what made me keep snowboarding. What made me keep snowboarding was just the fact that there were really no rules to it. And, uh, I was terrible at following rules growing up. Like I would play <laughs> soccer and hockey and I would always try doing it in different ways and yeah. never worked out well. But, uh, yeah, I'd say like, I always wanted to be good. I always wanted to like go fast and, uh, try to like improve every day. And, uh, but I wouldn't say I got serious with competing until I was like 14 or 15. Mm. Um, just for a quick answer. Uh, pretty much I watched Gus Kenworthy, who is a pro skier from Telluride. Uh, he actually competes for Great Britain now. Um, but he got oh. a silver medal at the Sochi Olympics in Russia, nice. um, 2014. And he, um, he, I watched that happen. And we, I remember watching him get silver. I was sitting in this restaurant with like the whole town of Telluride all crowded in there. It's 3 a.m. because we're in America. We're watching a contest in Russia. Yeah. And I remember just the town like going crazy for him. And that fueled me up so much. I was like, oh my God, like. I want to be there one day. Yeah, exactly. And that was kind of the kid I was growing up. Like anytime I saw someone do something amazing, I was always happy for them. I was never mad or like, you know, trying to say that they didn't deserve it or anything. But anytime I saw someone do something that was better than what I was doing, I was like, Oh, I got to go get out there. So yeah. then after that, after I saw that, I was like, all right, I'm going to really like try to go for it because, you know, I love snowboarding, doing it for a living. was always something that I wanted to do anyway, but I was like, I was like, I want to have that type of support. Hmm. Um, you know, and that was more like a, you know, that's an immature behavior, I think. Yeah. You know, whenever you like want attention from your mm-hmm. peers in your town and it's not yeah. my motivation anymore, but that's what got me like sparked. And then when I, you know, really started taking competing seriously, other things were motivating me to continue with it and stuff. Um, yeah. But I've always been serious about being the best, you know, even though it's super hard to be the best, mm-hmm. I always wanted to one up myself. I always wanted to become better at anything I was doing. Was that just like a natural mindset that you had or was that something that somehow maybe your your dad probably instilled in you when you were younger? It was uh, kind of what kind of sparked that, my competitive nature was uh, growing up in like preschool and kindergarten especially, I was always the shortest kid in my class. Uh. <laughs> and that kind of got in my head a little bit, even though that's something that does not matter. Like I'm still probably the shortest kid in my, uh, or one of the shortest in my like friend group. And just in my, you know, I'm only like five foot five and I'm 20 years old. I'm totally fine with it now. But at the time that played into my head a little bit. And, uh, I was never good at team sports. I played soccer and hockey. Like I said, totally terrible at it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in school, I was never like the popular kid that people wanted to hang out with. I wasn't like a kid people hated, but I just, it's kind of quiet, kept myself, didn't really know what I liked or wanted to do. It was just kind of like going with the flow and just doing whatever. And, uh, I never liked that. You know, I always kind of felt weird. I always kind of felt like a, an outcast kid. Mm. Um, 
And then I think when I found skating and snowboarding, you know, I was like, okay, this is something that not all my friends are doing. Uh, there's no rules to it. It's something that I can, you know, kind of do my thing at, with and not have to worry about people watching and like, and then I started getting kind of good at it. And, uh, and I think I just always hated feeling like an outcast. So I always felt like I needed to like do something to like prove to people that I'm like, that I'm not just some weirdo kid. Yeah. But but it's so amazing for you at that age, even now at your age, like to have that mindset. So for, let's say someone's listening right now and they, they are whatever age, let's say they're in their early twenties or something. And they feel like they, I don't know, maybe they feel like they haven't got, uh, they haven't found their passion or they can't find something that they really enjoy, that they love, or they don't feel like they can probably pursue that as a career, maybe because their friends or family are holding them back. What yeah. advice would you give those people that are kind of stuck in the mind where they don't know what, what it is that their passion is or, or their passions? You know, I'd say when you're picking your passion, luckily I found my passions at a really young age and most people don't find something that they love as much as I did when they were eight, nine years old. But, um, I mean, I grew up listening to Gary Vee and he always talks <laughs> about, you know, like if you don't know what you like to do, you need to go taste stuff. Just like if you don't know what kind of food you like, you need to go try some food. Yep. So then you know if you like Chinese or Mexican or pizza. You're never going to know exactly what feels right to your, you know, your body or your mind until you actually try something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and people like there's kids that ask me that a lot. Uh, they ask questions like, oh, should I do this? Whether they're skiers like, oh, should I ski this terrain or should I do this contest or should I? There's this one uh kid that I've known for years back at home in Telluride and he he is a very um entrepreneur driven mindset and uh he's a great kid I love him and he's really trying to figure out like a good business idea a good thing that he can kind of sell and stuff and he's like what should I do for a business and I'm like you need to try a bunch of stuff and it's totally okay if you don't find that for another 10 years you're you know you're a teenager you're not supposed to like and just the fact that you know, if you're a kid that's at a young age, and if you're even just thinking about what you like, you have a huge advantage on most kids out there. Cause most kids aren't thinking like, Oh, what should I do when I grow up? Of course, kids do think about that. And they think like fireman or policeman, but like exactly. no one, no one actually thinks like, Oh, um, like where's my path? Where's my calling? Mm. Um, so yeah, like I'd say just, you got to taste stuff and you really got to you got to just pretty much understand that you're going to be a student for the rest of your life. And it's totally okay to go try new things. Even if you're totally just terrible at whatever you're trying, it's, yeah. uh, you got to start a student and you're going to, you got to be a student for the rest of your life. If you ever want to keep growing as a human or as a, uh, in your career, you know? Yeah, I love that. I can tell Gary Vee definitely has infected you the way he has me and everyone else that that consumes his content. Because <laughs> it's pretty much yeah. all about literally try things out, be patient. You've got time. Um, that's the only way you're going to find uh, you know your, your your path is by exactly trying new things. Like I would never have imagined, and I always tell people this now. Never in a million years I would have imagined me being a speaker because over six years ago I was this super shy kid. I had eight friends, went home, I played Call of Duty, literally Call of Duty, work, eat, sleep, repeat. That was my life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Same here. You know, like I, I hate to make it sound like I was like 
because I really wasn't like a huge outcast. You know, I did have a couple friends, but I really looked around a lot and like saw kids being good at sports or saw kids getting tons of attention from other people. And like that always fueled me and stuff. And I never, I always saw myself getting to the point where I'm at now, but it was always a fantasy. It was always a dream. Mm. I had no clear path. There was no like, there was no, uh, you know, exactly. There's no clear path really set for me. So, you know, just like you said, it kind of just um, happened, right? Because you just, you were just kind of going with the flow, trying these things out, as you said, exactly. Kind of fell into like, you just, I guess you kind of just fall in love with doing something like this one thing you loved doing with snowboarding. For me, when I started personal growth, I was like, man, I love learning now. Like I not just about education and what happened in the, in the past in history, but what's actually happening right now, currently, you know, and, and, yeah. and how are these successful people in the world influencing? There's only a few handful of successful people in the world who are basically in power and are influencing the rest of the world with their mindset exactly. and, and their efforts and their experience. So for me, it was and so yeah, interesting. That's, that's another thing, too, is you got to really trust your path, too. And that's kind of where Gary Vee talks about the patience piece is mm. like for me. I always had a dream of like snowboarding and skateboarding, you know, all the time traveling the world, doing it, doing big tricks and stuff. And, uh, it took me years to get to that point where I was able to do these things that I always wanted to do. And there were so many times, and you know, there's more times where you want to give up because of failures or because of setbacks or obstacles in the way. And uh, you really got to trust your passion and really trust your love for it rather than, you know, there's a lot of people out there that will only keep going on something because it's like, you know, rewarding them financially or rewarding them, yeah. rewarding goes rather than um, rewarding their, you know, their true, you know, their soul. And uh, that's another thing that I really try to tell people if they ever ask is, you got to try stuff and then you got to trust the process because it's never going to happen just like that. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there have been so many times and there's still a lot of times where I have setbacks or I have obstacles in my way or I'm lacking a certain, you know, certain resources that I need to do something that I want to do in my life. And, um, you know, the moment you, the moment you really let those obstacles get in your way, it sounds cliche, but, um, that kind of just puts you back to square one. Yeah. And yeah, it's all about just trusting your path. You know, you can't question reality. No, not for sure. Like I always tell people the same. I'm like, you know what? You have to trust your intuition, trust your gut feeling and, and just yeah. go f- do, do what you feel. Don't do what other people are telling you what to do. Do what you feel yeah. like doing. That's the most important yeah. thing because our emotions are so are really powerful when you really tap deep down in, in you know, within ourselves that's when we realize like this is actually what I love um and I always also tell people to not worry about the judgment and the opinions of others when you were doing snowboarding and your 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 closest friends were going to college or school um high school were they like did you have any like comparison did they used to like look at you in a different way because you went for a different path um kind of like on your own yeah for sure yeah I mean Yes and no. There are a lot of people that thought it was awesome. And then there is definitely some people that thought it was really weird because tell your right, it is a ski town, but there were very few athletes that actually try to take it to the next level. 
Yeah. Um, you know, there's been like, I think four Olympians from Telluride. Uh, no, three, sorry. Um, which is kind of a small amount for a ski town as, as like top notch as Telluride, to be honest. So like, there were not a lot of people that were, there was really no one my age that was doing the same thing that I was doing. I remember when I started doing online school in 11th grade, um, there were some people that were like, Oh, you dropped out of school. Like, and like had, no, you know, they thought it was just like really odd that I was like choosing to snowboard and not go to parties and not, uh, go to high school, regular high school. Cause I did go to, regular high school i just did it all online and got a real diploma a lot of people these days still think that i either dropped out or got a ged which is pretty funny but uh yeah <laughs> yeah you know like i remember like there were parents that kind of like would give you know make weird comments to me yeah. or my to my parents for making yeah. that for like supporting this path because that before me there really wasn't like a snowboarder doing the doing the half pipe stuff that, from Telluride that came before me. I'm mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, there were people that did kind of take it to um, a higher level, but um, you know, there's a border cross racer, like a, a racer uh, that went to the Olympics named Hagen Carney. So like there's one snowboarder, but there really were barely any people that did it. So yeah, people were like, just kind of, you know, they weren't familiar with the path even though there were tons of kids all over the country that were doing the same thing I was doing in Telluride, it just didn't seem like the, uh, to some people, but then there were some people that totally were like extremely supportive of it and totally understood. And were like, yeah, that's exactly what you should be doing. Like if you mm -hmm. love snowboarding, if it's something that you want to take to, you know, the next level, you really do got to, um, you know, you know, you can wait to go to college till you're, 40 years old if you want to you don't need to do it now and but yeah you know there'd be people that just didn't get it and i don't hold it against them either if you you know if you're a parent and you see a kid doing what i was doing and you've never seen what goes into becoming a pro athlete then of course you're going to be like raising an eyebrow you know you yeah. can't blame them for not for not understanding of course yeah you can really, how did you used to deal with like any kind of negativity then that used to kind of come towards you for your family um you know when i was younger i was super sensitive yeah that was when i was like that's when i was like eight years old through like 13 14 like it was really hard when i was younger but it wasn't like a thing that happened often it never has been a thing that was like super frequent but whenever that would happen that was another thing that added fuel to my fire and made me more competitive is like if someone was trying to put me down or trying to tell me that what i was doing wasn't good enough or not legit or something i would work my butt off 10 times harder it would just fuel me up even more like all i wanted to do after someone would uh make fun of me for not going to high school or make fun of me for uh choosing not to go to college or whatever i would just go to the skate park or go snowboard and just, just really kind of let my i would let my anger just totally fire me up mm. and i was good at channeling that which I'm really thankful for because a lot of people, you know, I know tons of people that wouldn't be able to really deal with it because mm. it is really hard whenever like your friends that you grew up with for your whole life are giving you crap for your path. And like, yeah. you know, you thought that these guys were like your homies for life and now they're yeah. 
just totally ripping on everything you're doing. Uh, it was tough, but you know, as I said, it wasn't every day, but, uh, when it would happen, it was just, uh, make me want to stick it to them even more because I knew, you know, I studied snowboarding and skateboarding growing up. Cause it's just like all I cared about the one thing I loved most. I knew that there was a future for me and there's been plenty of people that have done what I've been wanting to do in snowboarding. So it was like, I know more than these guys do. I know exactly where I'm going. I know where my potential is. I know what's possible and I'm going to get there. And, um, yeah, it just made me work harder. I love that. It's like, a, I know exactly the feeling like when, when negativity comes, comes your way, you use, use that energy and use that negativity as your fuel and fire to be like, not just prove those people wrong, but to prove yourself right. To kind of prove yeah. to yourself, like, like I'm capable and like, I know my potential. I know that I'm way better than this. Um, exactly. Their opinion, like, why should I let this person's opinion dictate my future, my life? Because yes, they're probably yeah. your friend or your family, but they're not the ones who are going to live your life, right? Yeah, exactly. And that was another huge thing for me is there were always moments where it'd be tempting to like, you know, go do what they were doing or something. Yeah. And I would never cave in, but there were always moments and I'd think about it and I'd always come to the conclusion to be like, man, if I stopped skating or stopped snowboarding or, you know, did it less and decided to do what these guys were doing, I was really self-aware growing up, ever bailed on this. I will 100% just kind of hate myself, not hate myself, but I would be very, I would regret that. Mm. and uh i was very kind of observant of my feelings and i was always i always knew what got me excited in life and always knew what uh was just kind of like whatever so i just knew if i if i bailed on my dream that uh and if i bailed on my passions just to kind of like get uh acceptance from my peers of course it might be nice for 20 minutes but then next thing i know i'll be like oh i could be doing stuff that actually yeah not at all you gotta one of my mentors growing up he always told me you gotta sacrifice um short-term gratification for a higher goal Mm. you know you got to be willing to give up those things that normal teenagers love and normal teenagers uh thrive on like going to parties or getting girls you got to be able to give that stuff up and put in work for 10 to 20 years so that you can live a life of fulfillment and bliss for 50 60 years Mm -hmm. and i know i'd much rather do that than go to college and being a frat and just you know party for four years and then get out of school and have a bunch of catch-up to do while i watch other people my age that chose to stick with their passions thrive you know Mm, yeah, I love that. So since you mentioned mentors, talk to me a little bit about like your coaches and your mentors. Like how, how did they play a role and like a, how, how did they influence your, your mindset, like the one that you have today? Yeah, the, the mentors that I've had in my life, are, they're everything. You know, they, they were so crucial. And, uh, you know, my dad was like my first big mentor. And he still is, you know, like I have mentors for different areas of life. But, uh, you know, my dad got me into snowboarding and my dad really teaches me like he sets a good example of uh, just being a very like uh, just a very nice guy. He's the nicest person you'll ever meet. <laughs> and uh, 
you know, I, I, I watch him and how he lives his life very laid back and very like, you know, he's not the type of person that needs to like go out and, uh, show people how amazing he is. He's very okay with just doing his thing. And that's really cool and very necessary. And like, I, I personally need to like, look at that sometimes. Cause sometimes I'm like constantly feeling like I gotta go prove myself to people. Mm. Um, so it's nice having him in my life for that reason, you know? And, um, so my dad's a huge mentor, my mom, obviously my mom, you know, she, she was a gymnast growing up and she kind of gave up on the dream that she had. I don't want to speak for her, but um, I think she always, and still to this day is always reminding me like, Hey, if you're going to do this, do it 150%. Mm-hmm. Don't go to these contests. Don't go to, don't put your life on the line just to go and like, quote, have a good time. Even though I'm always having a good time when I snowboard, that's the only reason I snowboard is because I have fun doing it. Um, she wants, you know, she, she always just reminds me, you gotta, anything you do in your life, you gotta go a hundred percent into it and don't dive into it unless you're willing to really go for it. You know, I don't, I think she just didn't want me to make this, the mistake she did. Mm. And, uh, yeah. So I love her to death for that. Cause she really, she really keeps me on my, she kept me on my toes growing up and, you know, kept me disciplined. But, uh, one of the biggest mentors I've had in my life, his name is Jason Cannon. And uh, he was a pro snowboarder in the 90s. And uh, he went through a lot of crap in his life, went through a lot of trauma, some really bad injuries, some really, uh, some just really tragic events that uh, are not tragic, but really unfortunate events that uh, made him, it pretty much led him to becoming a holistic health practitioner. And uh, he, went to this institute called the Czech Institute. I don't know if you've heard of Paul Czech, but uh, Paul mm-hmm. Czech is like, he's one of the most uh, legendary pioneers of uh, corrective exercise and holistic wow. wellness. And uh, he's trained some of the best athletes of all time. You know, the Chicago Bulls during the, the height of the Bulls days, uh, Danny Way, one of the best skaters of all time, Leard Hamilton, the list goes on and on and on. But Jason went to the Czech Institute and learned from Paul Czech and other Czech trainers because Paul certifies trainers under his teachings and stuff. And uh, so Jason is my trainer still to this day. But, you know, Jason went through a lot of things that I went through um, and more. You know, he's he's uh, he's lived a long life and he's gone through a lot of stuff. But uh, all the stuff that he's taught me with taking care of your body and your mind. 150% saved my life and my career because I remember whenever I started to really embark on my journey of like trying to be a top level competitive snowboarder, I would like just kind of like pray and wish that it would happen to me. I had absolutely no idea how it was going to happen. He came along at the perfect time and he's like, all right, Lucas, if you want to do any of this stuff, we need to fix so many things in your body so that your mind can be stronger and then your mind can get your body stronger and it's just like a never ending cycle. So, you know, the, the whole check approach is you, um, you go to a check trainer and you, um, address body imbalances with flexibility, strength imbalances, alignment imbalances, you assess their diet. So Jason really learned everything about my body from uh, start to finish everything about my diet. And he has the most insane, knowledge of the body and the mind and 
diet. Um, like I still am blown away by it every day, but he pretty much found exactly what's wrong with my body, what I got to fix in my body. And then we built strength on those, um, you know, on top of that stuff after we fixed my imbalances, it's all about fixing the imbalances, building strength and then building speed and power. And that did amazing things just for my confidence in myself and in my snowboarding. Cause I was like, I've been putting in so much work in the gym and I've been finding exactly what's wrong with my body and fixing it and getting it stronger and stronger and stronger. And I'm learning about diet and how my diet affects my body. And I'm learning really about how my body plays a role in my confidence and my mindset. Mm. So my confidence just went through the roof that winter, even though I wasn't really snowboarding in the half pipe, I was just snowboarding around Telluride. I was becoming so much better every single day. And then, uh, you know, there's so many things that Jason has done for me, like the list, it would take a whole nother podcast to really explain. To him. <laughs> but, uh, another thing he's, he's taught me a lot about, um, is, uh, he has a big martial arts background. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, martial arts played a huge role in his professional snowboarding career. Mm. And, uh, so I do a lot of Wing Chun Kung Fu and nice. Tai Chi and Qigong and, you know, that stuff's more of just a hobby for me. And mm. it's, uh, it, it helps my snowboarding indirectly though. It's changed yeah. my snowboarding for I think sure. Because of like it, the calmness and the mindfulness in that, in that type yeah. of sport, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, Kung Fu, I'm pretty sure it means refinement of skill. Mm. And it's all about refining your skills that you have and slowing everything down and really paying attention to the little things. That's yeah. one huge thing Jason has taught me all about is the little things are the big things. But, uh, yeah, you know, the Kung Fu stuff and martial arts, that's just something that I really enjoy. It's, um, it just really is something that helps me keep my body strong, but also just, it's really fun and it feels yeah. good yeah. and, uh, it helps other things in my life. Uh, but yeah, Jason's been a huge mentor. He still is, you know, he was just with me at the X games last week in Aspen and Nice. You know, X Games is always something I wanted to do growing up. That's like right on par with making the Olympic team. So as far as like my goals went, you know, like I put X Games right there with making the Olympics. So being there with Jason was really cool. And he mentors me through so many things. You know, he's helped me through so many difficult things in my life. And uh, he's a man and he's an amazing snowboard coach, too. Even though he's my trainer, uh, mainly he uh, he taught me a lot when it comes to riding on snow and taking me to some cool places. And uh, yeah. And then now, man, this is a long section about the mentors, but they're huge. Uh, they are. They do. play. Role. And uh, now that I'm on the U S team, uh, JJ Thomas is my coach. And yeah, he was a pro snowboarder uh, for years and he got third at the Olympics, won the X games. And uh, you know, obviously he's, since he's my coach and since we travel around the world together, he's obviously going to become a mentor figure in my life. And he definitely has, you know, he's taught me a lot about uh, just being a pro snowboarder, you know, cause he did the same exact things that I'm trying to do. So yeah. he has a great perspective and uh, just making sure that you he's don't taught me so many. Yeah. I was just saying, say that I was just saying that he just, he's obviously going to make sure that you don't make the same mistakes he did. Right. Kind exactly. Of... Yeah. He always, he always, talks about that he's like you guys try this because i wish i did this when i was your guys' age stuff like that yeah and uh yeah he he's super cool and he's a great coach on snow and he uh he has a great perspective just on life and 
snowboarding and he, uh, you know, he's only been coaching me for like a year, year and a half. So yeah. obviously wow. after a couple more years, I'm sure that, uh, he'll be even more of a mentor to me, but yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. he's taught me so much and I look up to him for sure. And then there's the other coaches on the team, uh, Ricky Bauer and Rick Shimpano. They're, they're mainly for the, for the big dogs, for the pros and stuff. And, uh, but they're same thing with them. You know, they're, they're great coaches and, I'd say every person that really has helped me in my life is a mentor in some way, shape or form. So yeah. this goes on and on and on. Yeah. My friends are mentors in a sense, you know, Jesse's been a huge mentor, mm-hmm. obviously like the stuff Jesse's introduced me to, um, you know, it's life changing stuff. I wouldn't know who it's David Goggins crazy, was. Right? <laughs> yeah. He, he told me about David Goggins and oh, Goggins yeah. is amazing. And I love David Goggins. Uh, but yeah, Jesse, like the whole Ranger mentality and just relating the ranger mentality to just being an athlete has done tremendous things for my life. Mm. I'd say all the stuff that I'm learning, I, I say it's more for life rather than my snowboarding. My snowboarding just benefits yeah, uh, from it, obviously. Yeah, uh, of course. I, 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 I love the how, like something I just took away from what you were sharing is like um, when you were saying about the body and the mind affects how we kind of, take actions or do certain things in our life because I, I, yeah. I also personally believe like although I'm a speaker and although I share a lot about mindset personal growth and I help people about taking action in their life I honestly speaking the last in the, within the last year if I didn't learn about mobility and animal flow and like all of these calming type of flowy type of things that I used to look at in the past such as like stuff like yoga you look at that in the past and be like yoga like surely that men don't do yoga yeah <laughs> i was that type of guy like, i was i was i just used to find that stuff weird now i have conversations with like you know with jesse about it and he's like yeah yoga i, I mean you know he, he makes jokes he's like i like watching your videos that in your yoga pants <laughs> and i'm just like yep. that stuff honestly has made me a better person has made my bot my, my actual body way more like functioning and more relaxed because some of the workouts totally. that I do are just so hard and crazy and really fast paced that I need to relax my body as well. And that mobility comes into place. That's where I combine yeah. mindset and mobility slash yeah. fitness together. Totally. Body and physical strength is so important to find like a really nice, stable balance in our life. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the body is the mind. They're the same thing. That's yeah. one thing that I've really kind of, um, that's a conclusion I've really came to through experiences. And, uh, you know, your body is so important to take care of because your body, you know, like it's going to take another podcast to explain the science behind all of this, but what you eat affects how your body is built and everything and how your body functions and how your body is fueled is going to affect how well your brain works and how well you feel and how well you feel is how, pretty much you're going to attract other things in your life. If you're feeling like crap always and and you're just waking up, like just wishing that you didn't wake up, you're obviously going to have a pretty crappy day Mm -hmm. and crappy things are likely to happen to you. And that's one huge thing Jason has taught me all about is like, no matter what you're doing in your life, if you don't take care of your body properly, you don't feel your body properly, your mind is going to suffer. And then your relationships definitely are going to suffer your careers are definitely going to suffer 
and uh, just your happiness and your, your connection to who you really are is going to suffer. So yeah, you know, you got to really approach it from all angles. And that's why, you know, that's why everything Paul check talks about is it's all holistic and uh, everything Jason does. It's all holistic. It's approaching it from all different angles. It's like, how do we achieve this goal? Um, and how do we approach this goal from 10 different angles? You know, you got to approach it from, diet lifestyle sleep hydration your i said sleep already you know strength flexibility um so many more things even just rest people got rest rest exactly yeah rest, rest is, is the huge. most important gotta, thing because people think they can just hustle 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 as gary always says but gary also talks about resting like he doesn't, he doesn't just say hustle 24 hours he says hustle in the time that you're doing useless activities and you're com- the, the things that you're complaining that you don't have in your life those times yeah. that you're wasting, hustle in that time, but the rest of the time you still sleep, you know, you still wake up, you still totally. work, you still do what it is that you love, but just make sure that exactly. Jason texted me that the other day, right after X Games is over. X Games is a great experience, but it also didn't go as well as I wanted. Mm. So I was super fired up um, to get on to the next thing, but he texted me, he said, you got to load to explode. So oh, if you ever able to, if you're, if you're never able to load, whether it's your body or your mind, you know, it's, you get the idea. It's like, if you're not resting well enough, if you're not sleeping, if you're not hydrating, if your body is just totally shot, then you're not going to be able to explode and, uh, you know, make a, make a wave. You're not going to be able to, you know, you get the point. It's just I love a, that. It's so powerful. Um, two things that just came to my mind. How do you, so just talking on that load to explode, how do you fire, fire yourself up before a competition? And what do you do after the competition to, to unload, to kind of relax? Um, it's been changing a little bit the okay. last few events. I've been kind of experimenting with it, but it all kind of boils down to the same thing. It's all about feeling good, just mm-hmm. having my mind in a great space And in order for my mind to be in a great space, I always wake up and do a little meditation. And my meditations are very simple. It's just sitting, complete silence, complete stillness. And then um, I listen to some good music that gets me fired up. Music is a huge part of my life. So I listen to songs that, uh, that kind of, I hold close to my heart in a sense, songs Mm -hmm. that, you know, I've grown up listening to songs that I've kind of like envisioned myself listening to yeah. doing the things that I do. Um, and then I always need to eat a good breakfast. That's huge. I kind of have like that routine, like the night before is very important. I got to eat a very legit dinner, like organic veggies and grass fed meats, organic meats. If it's chicken, like free range, I got to eat like a very proper meal. That's huge. And uh, I pretty much just make sure I'm feeling good because if I feel good, I'm going to attract more good. 100%. And, um, you know, sometimes it, there, there's so many things that go into having a good contest. Like I just competed yesterday and it didn't go good for me. I fell both of my runs. And if you fall both runs and snowboarding, you have no chance at getting a good score. It's like you, you won't get – you can't really compare yourself – to your to the other riders unless you land your run um completely so you know there are certain things that 
like yesterday I had to unwind by kind of analyzing the day and like, okay, what went right during the day? What do I need to keep doing? What did I do wrong during the day? What do I need to work on? So, um, yeah, I'd say you just start the day trying to feel as good as possible. You end the day. Um, if it goes well, you go out and have some dinner, have some good food, Yeah, you know, uh, visit with some friends, but, uh, you kind of just analyze the day, break it down. And, uh, you know, you don't want to overanalyze, but especially if something goes wrong or yeah. doesn't go how you wanted to, you really do want to assess rather than guess. You don't want to just be yeah. like, Oh, could have been this. You really got to be like, all right, it was this, I could have done this a little better. And then, uh, but pretty much for me, like once the contest is over and I, after I do that, it's just, what's next, what's the next thing. Mm. I don't really dwell on it too much. Like this contest today, I'll forget about it. But you, but you do days. celebrate, right? You do celebrate whatever the outcome is. You, you still have to make sure that you celebrate. If it's a win or a loss, you still celebrate your yeah. efforts. Totally. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta think about what went right. Just yeah. like you assess what went wrong or I'm not going to say wrong because there's never really anything wrong, but what could have you given more attention to? What could have you done differently? Um, but yeah, you got to really celebrate any growth in the day, whether it's big or small, you do need to um, honor that. And that's something that I've been pretty good at the last, like the last two events of, they haven't gone super well for me and that's okay. But um, you know, yesterday, for example, like I, after the X games was over, I was super happy about the X games just because making it to the X games was a huge milestone for me. And that was like, oh, done, man. as I said, as I said, it was like just as special as, you know, whenever I make the Olympic team someday, it's going to feel just as good. I know it. Um, so okay. I was very grateful that I even yeah, made man. it to that point, even though I didn't do as well as I wanted to do. And I didn't actually perform the like tricks that I was hoping that I could perform well. Um, you know, I was still proud of myself for getting there. And then I knew what I wanted to do differently at the next event. And I did those things differently at this event and it's made things better, but not completely where they wanted to be. So now I know a little more of what I want to do next. Yeah. Um, There's always room for improvement. Yeah. Like we can never, exactly. be we can never, get exactly what we want or just have that perfect goal we, there's yeah. always going to be some mistakes there has to be that's how, that's where growth is right in the failures and the mistakes yeah exactly you know and um i'm reading the this book right now called relentless by tim grover and it's all about kobe and uh oh, jj jj our coach sent it to all of us the other day he's mm-hmm. like you guys should read this book it's super good started reading it because it was on my uh my like book app on my phone and uh He's talking about cleaners and cleaners is another word for, you know, for Tim Grover. It's his word for like this, the unstoppable athlete. Mm. And uh, that's all he talks about is like, yeah, cleaners, they'll achieve something like, you know, Jordan or Kobe, they'll get their NBA ring. They'll win the championship so that they can get ready to win another so that they can win another and another and another, you know, they're stoked of course that they won the finals for the NBA, but the next thing they're thinking about is, all right, how do we do it again so that I could do it again and again and again. Yeah. So there's always room for improvement. And that's kind of where my mindset is. It's like, you know, just like with X games, X games is a great example. I made it to the X games. Just that in itself is a good accomplishment, but I want to know, okay, what do I got to do now 
to get back to the X Games and do yep. better at the X Games. That's the first thing that pops into my head. Mm-hmm. Just after this contest right here, it's like, okay, I made some improvements in some spots, but I'm still lacking in some spots. First thing I think, what do I got to do now so that the next event goes better? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's that constant, it's that constant like push, pushing ourselves to just like, what, I got, what do I got to do every single day to just get better, even by 1%. That's what yeah, I'm exactly. Every day, take one step, but just make sure you become a better version of yourself every day, even if it's by 1%. Because in, in a yeah. year, it'll be 365% better than you were when you started. Exactly. Yeah, every single day counts. Every moment counts. And every move you make in your life is contributing to who you're becoming in the long term. You know, cause some people are like, oh, today's a day off. So, like, it won't affect me how mm-hmm. I train the next day. But little do you know, yeah, it may not, like totally ruin your career but you're also you know every day you skip is a day that an extra day added on to the process of becoming what you want to become you know and um yeah i love that so every day every day really counts and that's something that i got to remember too like after a contest is over if it goes bad sometimes i'll be in like a pretty pissy mood and i'll just want to chill and not think about not think about snowboarding for a day or two and um that's been getting I've been getting better and better that lately though, which is good. But, uh, you know, you got to remember human like, after yeah, all. we're all just human after all. We're going to, we're going to be pissed sometimes. We're going to feel like just giving up sometimes. I made a post on that just today as well. Like just talking about never losing hope. Cause that like, sometimes life is not perfect. Like we are not always going to have a good day and sometimes things are going to yeah. go wrong and we're going to make mistakes and we're going to fail. But as long as we never lose that doubt, as long as we never doubt ourselves and we never lose that hope, then every single day, as you said, is just going to get better if we just keep uh, focused on our goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, what was I going to say? Yeah. Like we're all human and feeling those emotions is super, super important. Yeah. Because a lot of people, they try to resist their emotions or they try to uh, like hold them back to like either make it look like they're not affected by anything, but like you really got to feel those emotions because those are the things that are going to spark like for me, I, I really had to feel the like anger whenever people would like give me crap for like the online school stuff that we were talking about earlier. I really had to feel it because mm-hmm. it fired me up a lot. And then you got to look back too. like once you do achieve what you want to achieve, you look back at those moments and you're like, I was about to give up and I was crying in my bed, pissed off, angry at so-and-so, pointing fingers at so-and-so and I freaking got up and I made it it just makes the reward even better whenever there's adversity. Adversity is amazing. Like great things happen if you have odds against you. That's something that I really strongly believe in. Of course, it's way better. Not, I'm not going to say way better, but it's, of course, it's easier whenever you don't have like obstacles in the way and whenever everything's just being handed to you on a platter. But like the best athletes in the world, the best businessmen in the world, they all come from adversity. They all come from obstacles and um that's one thing that i really strongly believe in is that like if you're an underdog good perfect yeah if you got if you got odds against you and you have a million hurdles to jump that's awesome like for me that was me 100 percent. i had i mean my parents divorced when i was 11 and before i go on the story like i lived a great childhood i'm thankful for every moment of it but there had you know there's definitely moments but parents divorced both of them are pretty broke 
the divorce sucked. It affected my dad a lot. It affected me a lot. It affected my whole family a lot. And then the only thing I really truly had was my snowboard, a season pass, and a couple friends that I would snowboard with. I didn't have a half pipe. And here I am now on the US half pipe team doing pro half pipe contests. Like I had no idea how the hell I was going to do what I'm doing now. Zero idea. It scared the hell out of me all the time. I had no idea. Like I knew I wanted to do this and I knew that was the only option for me, but I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. The closest half pipe to me is four and a half hours away. Mm. I can't afford to go there every weekend. I can afford to go there maybe twice a year. And, uh, you know, my parents supported my snowboarding a hundred percent, but they were only able to do so much. Exactly. So my whole background comes from jumping obstacles, jumping hurdles, and pretty much adapting to the circumstances that I had and figuring out how to get the most out of it. So yeah, I mean, being an underdog changed my life, did amazing things for my life and, uh, you know, adversity and anger and feeling sad emotions can do amazing things for you if you channel it properly. Love that, man. That is that is an amazing way to end <laughs> kind of amazing. like the conversation because I, would, I like I like I told Jesse like I can speak to you and Jesse for like ages and ages, ages and ages just because like these podcast episodes allow me to just get deeper with the guests with, you know to know a lot more about their life to kind of bring out different different emotions in them during the episode to kind of take them back and then take them in the future and then just kind of messing with the mind I guess because I love psychology yeah. and I love like just understanding people where they've been through how their upbringing was and where they kind of see themselves be in, in a couple of years from now so I love totally. the thing man. like I'm super I'm super proud of you I, I, I love Thanks, what you're man. doing like I'm, I'm so happy that you are also someone that's so young and, and, and ambitious and you're just going after your goals. You're just getting it without caring and worrying about what other people think about you. That's just a super inspiring mindset to have. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I mean, even though we've talked a lot about um, adversity and like jumping obstacles to become a pro athlete, um, another thing I want to touch on too is just with snowboarding as a sport, it's like, it is, I know I made it sound like this big, like, Olympic dream, but there's so much more beyond competing and snowboarding that mm. really keeps me in the game and stuff. Like I started snowboarding simply for the love of it. I never, I didn't even know that it was an Olympic sport till like three years after I started snowboarding. So what keeps me snowboarding is more the love and the passion for it, not going to the Olympics or going to the X games. That's just kind of stuff that keeps me uh, progressing as a snowboarder and it's fun you know getting yeah. to travel and getting to travel and getting rewarded for doing well feels really good so like right now I love it but there's so much more to snowboarding you know there's tons of pro snowboarders out there filming amazing video parts that are snowboarding crazy mountains in Alaska and snowboarding around the cities in Finland and uh, you know I do want to make sure that the listeners know that even though there's a lot of snowboarders out there that are trying to achieve Olympic glory. There's so much more to it. There's so much more beyond it. And it's more of a, um, it's more of an art form than a sport. And, uh, you know, snowboarding is not ski racing. Snowboarding is not football or soccer. It's a, it's an individual sport where you really get to express who you are. And that's what I love most about it. There's no rules. You get to really plug your own style into it. And, uh, yeah, I just want to make sure that's known because 
I think a lot of people these days, you know, the, the Olympians and the, the athletes that are competing and stuff, they're the ones that get to really represent snowboarding the most to the mainstream world. Yep. And, uh, you know, the last thing that snowboarding needs right now is for it to look like a, some whack, like team sport. That's all about winning and making money. Cause it, it isn't, it's about, <laughs> I get it's you, about I expressing feel, yourself and yeah. being innovative and stylish. I love it. I love it. And I, do you know how I relate to you? It's because I always tell my listeners and I always tell the people that I, that follow me that nobody ever sees behind the scenes, right? They never mm-hmm. see our hustle. They never see the, the, the mindset stuff that we're working on. They never see the holistic stuff that you're working on. They never see your diet and how you have to keep on such a strict routine to make sure that tomorrow when you go out onto that, onto, you know, onto that field and you're just going to express yourself like hell they never get to see the behind the scenes of all your trainings and all the stuff that you do at the gym. And they never see anything behind the scene. And I always relate to yeah. that in terms of like my podcast or my speaking gigs. You know, people never ever see the behind the scenes of when we failed. Imagine how many people don't even know how many times you fell off the snowboard, right? Yeah. That don't get filmed, exactly. right? No, that don't get posted everywhere on social media. Like, oh yeah, you know, look how many times I failed, guys. Um, and I think that's what social media, a lot of people have the misconception of social media is like um, everybody's just living a really nice, cool, fancy life, but they don't, yeah. no one's posting the failures. No one's posting about yeah. when, they, what, what, when they failed and when they made the mistakes. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for me, the reason I do all this stuff, the reason I take care of my body and care about all that is, of course, I want to do well in snowboarding and I want to do well in contests, but it's mainly for... I want to be the best version of me and I want to be the best snowboarder I can be mainly just for the love of it. Cause the end goal for me and being a pro snowboarder is I want to make snowboarding a doper sport for the kids that love are going to start snowboarding after me. I want to make it more fun. I want to make it more accessible. I want to make it more, uh, welcoming. And, uh, I mainly just want to make sure that I'm, on my best game so that I can represent snowboarding in a very positive way so that we get more people into snowboarding. Cause it's, it's fun as hell. And, uh, love it. Man. You know, I don't, gonna it's, do it. it's never, it's it. never, thanks man. Yeah. It's never only about getting a gold medal. That's just a byproduct of mm-hmm. you doing your thing. And that's a byproduct of you just putting in work. But the end goal is all about what are you going to, what are you going to leave whenever you're gone? You know, you're, you're a one person in this lifetime and there's going to be many more generations after you and no one's really going to remember you for the rest of your life. They're only going to really remember what you gave to the world. So Mm -hmm. all that really matters is just being a good person and getting people stoked on snowboarding and getting, you know, it, it goes beyond snowboarding. You know, I want to be able to inspire kids that are living in a different country, doing some random sport or activity or business idea i want to be able to help them do that um love it man i feel you dude i feel you and i'm gonna anytime you're in a you're in london or if i ever come to somewhere that you are we're definitely hooking up man we're gonna i want to definitely like you know take you for coffee and stuff and just have a much more deeper chat because i would have loved to have a much more longer conversation with you Um, thanks man but like, I love Let's what do they're doing. I can already feel your passion and energy. Like, like everyone says they feel mine when I tell them, like, I want to speak on a stage that has like 90,000 people one day. And I know it sounds stupid and crazy, but I'm like, I don't give a crap how it sounds. I just, as long as I know that I'm going to, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be the best version of myself and to yeah. genuinely inspire people 
without caring about money, without caring about anything else, but that person's feeling and emotions and helping them change something in their life. That's fulfillment. Yeah. That's what makes me super happy every single day. Totally. So I love what you're doing, yeah, man. man. Before we end the episode, I want to shoot four questions at you that you are basically going to answer off the top of your head. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. So the first one I got for you is, what comes to your mind when you hear, when you hear the word failing? Learning. Learning. Yeah. Nice. Well, okay, I'm going to actually add on to this now. I, want to, I actually want to know why. Why did you say learning? Because it really gives you, it gives you a total like uh, formula for like doing better the next time. Like if you fail, just like if you fail a math test, they'll tell you exactly what questions you got wrong. You'll look at those questions and be like, oh, I suck at multiplication. I'll go work on that. You get better at that. And then boom, you pass the next test. It's the same thing with snowboarding and the same thing for life or just building yourself up in a career. It's like, if you fail, it means whatever you were doing was not working. And now you have more knowledge than you had before. And uh, exactly, you know, you get to, you get to really learn what works and what doesn't work. Mm. That's really what's important. Like the truth of life is what works. Yep. And uh, yeah, learning is, uh, you got to fail. Like it sounds cliche, but like you will literally never, ever learn if you don't fail and you'll never do anything in life unless you learn. So. Absolutely, man. Love it. I love it. The second question I have for you is something I ask most of the guests, which is which one video or a movie or a documentary have you seen in your life that you can still remember has positively impacted your mindset of how you, how you do things today? Mm. it could be like a video that you've seen on youtube it could be a documentary or it could be a movie that that you love that's really impacted you that one's really tough yeah (laughs) um i'd say in just like life overall any david goggins video or podcast has Mm. changed my whole mindset love it um and then like there've been a lot of things like in snowboarding, there's tons of videos that really like changed my whole perspective on snowboarding, tons of athletes and stuff. And like, um, you know, that's another topic for another time, but uh, I love it. Okay, cool. So basically what I can feel and sense that you, you love David Goggins, right? Like he's played a massive role in in your mindset, I guess. Right. And I've only really, yeah, I've only known about David Goggins for like six months now, but yeah. I listen to his stuff so much now and it's helped me a ton this this winter. So, yeah, awesome, uh, man. Good stuff. Love it. It's all about, you know, like I know I just related like the two different topics, like David Goggins with snowboard videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a huge thing for me too, is like combining the two, like taking little yeah. pieces from like Gary Vee and how can I put that into my snowboarding career or how could I bring my like punk rebel snowboard skateboarder mentality and plug it into what David Goggins has to say. That's something that I try to do a lot of, but. And that's, uh, that's all about creativity. That's just you expressing your unique creative self. And I love that. Like I do the same in fitness. I do, I do crazy creative fitness, like videos and stuff just because I just, I either seen a video of someone that I follow that's, that's doing it. Sometimes I'm just in the gym and I just pick up some, whatever I see, I just, my mind is just super creative. So I just pick up whatever and I think, okay, let me know. Oh, no, I'll, I'll do a push up on this thing and then an else it, and then maybe some push. Like, I just make things up when I think creativity is really, really important. And, and again, that's another whole topic by itself. Oh yeah. So oh. Oh, thanks for sharing that, bro. So the next one is now, which one book 
do you highly recommend all the listeners that they have to go and read this book because it's changed your life? Um, Code of the Extraordinary Mind. Um, the guy's, the author's name is Vishen, Vishen Lakiani, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say his name. The owner of Mind Valley, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that book is amazing. That definitely, like, that more was that helped my mind kind of like see past BS in normal society. It wasn't necessarily for like, it was of course mindset, but it was also like, he talks about uh, just BS rules that society places on people that kind of hold people back from doing things they want to do. And uh, that kind of just made me like look at everything in my life from a different point of view. Mm. It made me kind of like see past all the just stupid stuff that like school will try to put in your brain or stupid mm-hmm. things that your parents love your, you know, I love my parents love, always love your parents, respect them. But you know, they they might say something here and there that is a BS rule that isn't necessarily true that you got to really see past. So yeah, that book definitely is. Amazing. I love what, um, just on that point where you just said, I love what, um, I don't know if you follow David Meltzer as well. I don't know. So Dave, 100% you got to go. If you're following Gary Vee, you have to follow David Meltzer. They're like very similar, but very different. Gary Vee is the more rah-rah, crazy hustle guy. And David Meltzer is more uh, still hustle, but he's more of the peaceful type of calming uh, personality. But both as, as amazing as each other. But David, uh, David Meltzer always says, just because your parents love you or just, before, just because someone loves you, it doesn't mean they give, they're going to give you good advice. Yeah, yeah, totally. You got to take what's valuable from each person and leave the rest behind. That's what uh, Bruce Lee would say. You know, like you got to, you can have 10 masters. They don't all have to be the perfect master, but if they have some value that they can give you each, each master, take the value from each, leave the, you know, unnecessary uh, crap behind. You don't need to like, it doesn't need to be all black and white where you like, you know, you commit to one teacher or one mentor or one way of training and like do everything. You could do the stuff that's beneficial to you and then leave the stuff that you don't care about behind. Yeah, exactly. Just take take the things that resonate with you and leave everything else behind. Totally, right? Exactly. Love it. So the last question for you, Lucas, before we end the episode is a deep one that everybody gets a bit introspection. Uh, like they get very uh, confused about at the beginning and then they start thinking like, oh, wow, like this is a good question. So if you can spend a few hours to learn from someone's wisdom, whether this person is dead or alive, who would that one person be to you and why? It could be anyone oh, that man, you yeah, would that just love tough. to have a conversation with or just meet or, you know, just hang around to ask questions and learn from them. Honestly, there's two, if you don't mind. Go for it. Reading this Relentless book by Tim Grover makes me really, and like before Kobe died, I actually was listening to like a lot of Kobe interviews and stuff. Exact and like, same. yeah, yeah it, it was weird because like, I remember listening to some Kobe stuff the night before a contest that I podiumed at this year. Um, so I definitely especially now that he's gone and like, we won't hear any more Kobe stuff. That's like new in this day. Um, that would be really cool to get a few hours to learn from him. Luckily there's a lot of things out there that I can learn from right now that aren't gone Mm -hmm. uh, about Kobe. But, uh, and then the other one that's kind of been one that like will always stick with me that always has been there, um, would be Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. Um, just the whole martial arts kind of approach 
that I've learned about. And uh, Bruce Lee is kind of part of the lineage that I'm in with, uh, with Jason. Like you look back at all the people he learned from and the people they learned from, it all boils back down to like a lot of them uh, train with Bruce Lee, learn from Bruce Lee. And I see all these crazy martial art masters and how just strong they are physically, but mentally too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's so many Bruce Lee quotes out there. There's so many Bruce Lee, uh, kind of, uh, approaches, I guess you could say that yeah. just have changed my life. And, um, I think he, he's just like a perfect, he was the perfect person that like blended body and mind together. And yeah, he had the most amazing, um, just approach with like learning, um, you know, like he learned how to become like the best martial artist of all time. And it's not like he was born with that skill. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so to just learn how he did it, um, any person in the world can learn from Bruce Lee and learn the, the things that he used to get to where he's at and they can plug it into their lives, whether they're, um, you know, majoring in college for like whatever, going to law school or playing basketball, like you can listen to Bruce Lee and it can change your life. It can add to your game hundred percent. So Bruce Lee's sick. I love Bruce Lee. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's certainly amazing. one of the most wisest people of all time. Like nobody would ever, ever forget him. And you're right. Like perfect, perfect embodiment of body and mind. Like just someone that everybody yeah. can learn from. So I love that. Lucas, Thanks, I'm super grateful that we had this conversation, man. I wish it can go for longer, but unfortunately it can't. And I'm yeah, definitely want to. Ca- I, d- I definitely want to catch up with you properly anyway. Another time when you have some time. Um, but if anyone listening wants to reach out to you, ask you someone, ask you for some guidance, some support, some mentorship, some help, any questions, what's the best way they can reach out to you? Um, what platforms do you kind of live on the most? Uh, Instagram's the main one. Um, yeah, I mean Instagram. You can DM me, and I always check my requests and check awesome. my DMs and respond to everybody. So, how do you spell your definitely. name? Just spell it for uh, the people who be listening. It's uh, Lucas Foster, L-U-C-A-S-F-O-S-T-E-R with an underscore. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the best way to get a hold of me. And um, I'm on Facebook, too. But uh, Instagram is definitely what I use most. And, uh, and guys, if you're still listening, you have to go and follow him on Instagram because some of the videos this dude posts is like, incredible like dude don't think i didn't go and watch your videos right like i'm not just some guy that just brings random people into the podcast i did go and see your videos i did look into what you're doing and i was like damn like your videos really inspired me and i was like how did the person with the camera even film this like <laughs> i was just thinking the, the video quality and the that the camera guy must have been like following you like super i don't know how they do it but it, the videos yeah. are freaking incredible i love it I love the flips yes, that you're doing, the craziness, the creativity that you have in what you do. Um, and I love that you're just, you're just loving it. Like you're just loving living your life, doing something that you love. Um, Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Work, man. Thank you. You're welcome. So you go check him out on Instagram. Um, go reach out to him. He's always, as he said, he's, he's going to be free to uh, take your requests and stuff. But, um, but Lucas, I'm super grateful that you are with me on the Purposeful Mindset podcast and I am looking forward to catch up with you very, very soon again, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Love, You're welcome, uh, You're welcome. Love talking to you. You too, man. We'll catch hey, up man. soon, man. All right. All right. Good. See you. See ya. Bye.
If you're still there, I just want to say a massive thank you for your attention and your time. It really means a lot to me. Please do me one favor and subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends and leave a rating on whichever platform you're listening to this. It would honestly mean the world to me. Thank you so much once again. I hope that this episode brought value and inspiration into your life and I'll see you guys next week.